Hey everyone! In case you haven't noticed, we live in some confusing, challenging, and changing times. It sure isn't easy to follow Jesus in 2021. How can we stay grounded in our faith? Stay true to biblical convictions? And how can we become more like Christ and share Him with the world around us? This is Real Christian Talk with Pastor Steve. Thank you for joining me on this week's special 25th episode of Real Christian Talk, where today we're going to be talking about how Christians should be characterized by power and not by panic, not by fear. This, uh, this episode's passage is going to be from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, where the Bible simply says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. That's a very powerful yet very short cut to the heart scripture that I find particularly relevant in the times in which we are living in. Ever since I started this podcast in February of this year, and really in the months preceding starting it, if there is one thing that it seems to to truly dominate the air when it comes to where our society is at, it's panic. And What has particularly burdened me as I've prayerfully considered what to talk about in this week's episode, and and to be honest with you, sometimes figuring out exactly what the Lord lays on my heart is why it takes me a a couple of days to to get rolling, but really what the Lord laid on my heart is not even so much the state of panic that our society is in, but really the state of panic that I've seen characterize a lot of Christians, a lot of fear, a lot of dread a lot of doom and gloom, a lot of the sky is falling, a lot of of trepidation. And there's a bunch of reasons, I think, for why we struggle with that as believers. But I really felt it on my heart in this episode to really address what the Bible has to say about what God's people should be should be known for. And what we should be known for is walking in the power and the confidence that comes with knowing Jesus Christ. And not by walking in cowardice, or walking in fear, or walking in panic. We know when when there's panic, and we've seen it. We saw it, you know, as a country over a decade ago in the the big financial crisis of 2008, and we've seen it recently in the last year and a half. And we have reasons as Christians to to certainly you know have panic over certain things. Um, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and a pandemic that we all thought was kind of on its way out, or at least hoping it was. And and suddenly we're seeing that our country has got rising COVID cases, even among vaccinated people. There's a um, you know a lot of hot spots now where things are 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 kind of going back to where they were, um, with mandates being put back in place, and you know a lot of. Con- Concern over you know how serious this variant uh, is and 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 what future variants could could come down the road or what about the schools and the kids and and uh, you know we're starting to see things and activities be rolled back that we were able to start enjoying again and so this summer has certainly not been playing out the way that you know we were all hoping and then we 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 have concern over 
uh, the politics, over the polarizing political atmosphere that our nation find itself finds itself in, and of course over the changes in culture, particularly areas in which culture is becoming uh, openly hostile towards a biblical worldview, towards a Christian worldview, and there's a bunch of, of of areas and ways in which we have certainly seen that manifest. So so as evangelical Christians here in the United States of America that have for a long time enjoyed a lot of influence, a lot of freedoms that maybe we kind of took for granted that we didn't realize or recognize we actually had by living in this great land, we are now seeing the erosion of that. We are seeing uh, that that uh, our influence has been waning. We are seeing you know that uh, the younger generation is not gravitating towards Christianity or religion at all. Um, the biggest demographic religiously in the United States that's been rising is those that, that claim to be of no religious affiliation. And so we've seen the effects of that. We've seen the effects that COVID has had on the church and, and on the church at large and on our society and, and the effects of this whole pandemic and the ways in which things have permanently changed, I think will take years for us to really see the full scale of that. And so, you know, we have all of that going on and with it, we have all the financial, all the emotional emotional, all the mental health crises that have sprung out of this period in which we're living. A lot of Christians, uh, you know, are not happy with where politics and and and, and things of, of political influence stand. You know, uh, of course, we're not called to put our trust in that uh, to begin with. But I think there's been a lot of doom and gloom over the state of, of our politics, regardless of whether you identify as Democrat or Republican. I don't think anybody can be happy with where our politics stands. So, you know, yeah, it's understandable uh, in a lot of ways as to why there's a lot of concern and a lot of burden and a lot of fear among among Christians. But, you know, what has struck me really observing for the last few years, even before COVID, is that we seem far more focused on, uh, you know, almost an apocalyptic version, vision of 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 our reality that we forget that, yeah, and if we believe what the Bible has to say about the apocalypse, we can't leave out the greatest part of it. And that is that the apocalypse, the end of all things, leads to the triumph of Jesus Christ and the establishment of his kingdom that will last forever. Uh, far from doom and gloom, the end of all things leads to the, to really the beginning of all things, uh, all things anew, all things restored, um, you know, with a new heavens and a new earth. And so it's like we kind of forget that and we kind have been walking around with a defeatist mentality and 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 sadly evangelicals seem to be um just largely struggling with 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 buying into the panic and and and, and buying into a lot of conspiratorial thinking and theories just today um, you know, someone I know really believed very strongly based on things they were told that that somehow some forces within our deep state were going to have all of our phones have an alarm go off and we were going to lose internet connection and everything was going to go black and blank, um, you know, across the country with all of our phones and all of our computers and all internet access was going to be cut and it was going to bring forth all this hysteria that was going to take place and that that was going to lead to this and that was going to lead to that. Well, what do you know? I still got internet service. I know that because, well, I just got offline a minute ago and I'm about to upload this podcast online. But this is someone whom I know, someone whom I love, someone whom I respect, someone who loves 
and knows the Lord. And yet they were buying into this kind of hype, hysteria, conspiratorial thinking. And unfortunately, this person I know is not uh, is not an isolated incident. Rather, a lot of Christians seem to be gravitating to these kinds of uh, false conspiratorial uh, theories and and it just adds to this hype and to this hysteria and to this sense of fear and dread and doom and gloom and, and all these things that I'm sorry I read in my Bible that we're not called to a spirit of fear but of power. You know over 300 times in the scriptures God says do not be afraid. Now I think that part of why he tried to drive home that point so much is because he understands we're human and he knows we're going to experience fear. We're going to experience anxiety. We're going to experience worry. But the difference between those of us who know Christ and those who don't is we should not be taken captive by panic. We should not uh, be dominated by fear. We should not be living in worry and anxiety. If we truly know and trust the Lord and we are healthy emotionally and mentally, we should be able with God's help through his promises and the assurance we have through knowing the Lord, we should be able to trust God. And if we trust God, we should be, we should be characterized by uh, peace and, and joy and hope. Yes, I said hope, hope and excitement and optimism. Don't get me wrong. Um, I am very concerned, very burdened for many things that are going on. Like many of you, I'm wondering what in the world is going on? What is God doing through all this? What is all that's happening in the last year and a half, which is truly a once in a generation, I think, uh, that kind of large scale shifting. What is God doing through all this? What's he doing through this pandemic? What's he doing through all the mess that our country's in? What's he doing through our dysfunctional politics? What's the effects on the church that he's going to use for his purpose, to further his purpose? Because if there's one thing we can count on, it's that Ephesians chapter 1 says that all things are going to be conformed to the counsel of God's will. So that means that everything that has happened and is happening in our world all around us, God is purposefully ultimately permitting, overseeing, and is sovereign over, and yes, he's going to use in some form or fashion to carry out his ultimate purpose and plan and will. And and so, you know, he's up to something. No doubt. But I'm concerned about a lot of things. And I think as Christians, we should be willing to stand up for what we believe. Uh, you know, I'm all for that. I believe in, in that. But I also think that we need to remember that if the sky is falling and Jesus is coming, well, so what? I mean, that's a good thing, right? I mean, last time I checked in Titus chapter 2, the Bible says, in talking about how we should live out our lives here on this earth in light of Christ's return, it says that we should renounce ungodliness, that that we should uh, be zealous, passionate about living for Jesus and serving him. And it refers to the return of Christ as our blessed hope. It says our blessed hope. We wait for the appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's our blessed hope. It's our glorious hope. It's our reason to be optimistic about the future. It's the reason that in spite of everything, Everything that's going on, everything that's going wrong, all the mess that's happening, you know, uh, with the pandemic, with our politics, with culture, with all of that, everything that's happening, if you know Jesus, you know a reason to have optimism. You know a reason to have a victor, not victim's mentality. You have a reason to know, as Billy Graham once said, I've read the end of the book and it's going to be okay. 
because it will. And so we cannot allow ourselves as believers in Christ to be driven by fear. We are to walk in power. We are to have confidence. We are to have optimism. We are to have hope because we don't just with wishful thinking hope things turn out all right. We know they're going to turn out all right. Because in the end, Jesus Christ is going to rule and reign and he's going to usher in his kingdom. It could be in our lifetime. I don't know if it will or if it won't. But I do know this. My Bible says that Jesus Christ is on the throne. My Bible says that God is ultimately in control. And so my Bible says that because of these things, I can walk in faith and not in fear. And so I really want to challenge all of you that are listening. Do not be taken captive by these these kind of... Of, uh, hysterical, hyped up, conspiratorial, panic driven, fear mongering that I continue to see Christians falling for because that is not what, uh, you know, that certainly does not reflect someone who believes what the scriptures tell us. That certainly does not reflect what it's like to have the presence of the living God living in your heart and 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 having your life each and every day uh you know with Jesus at the center of it when you're doing life with Jesus and you're walking with Jesus Psalm 23 says that even in the valleys of the shadow of death I will not fear because your rod and your staff they comfort me you know that means God's corrective and protective hand is with me even in the darkest valleys even in the scariest times of life I am able to have that I am able to walk in confidence of that I'll never forget as we get ready to to, to approach the 20th anniversary of 9-11. You know, I'm, I'm from uh, an area in the East Coast where on 9-11, September 11, 2001, I'm dating myself here, yes, I'm a young guy, I was in high school, <laughs> and uh, I remember, um, you know, I was in my English class, and we had the TVs on, we were seeing what was going on in New York, we were seeing what was going on in D.C. when the Pentagon got hit, and we all were concerned, we all were were upset, but again, it was still kind of like you're watching it on TV. You're not really, it's not really real to you. And uh, and then all of a sudden, someone came in our English class and yelled that uh, they think a fourth plane is heading for uh, Fort Detrick, which happens to be near where I lived. And suddenly, there was this huge panic that got set off in our classroom. I mean, everyone was freaking out. People were calling their their parents. We not not many of us had cell phones back then, so a lot of them were taking turns using the the phone in the uh, in the classroom to call their their mom and their dad and and ask them to come get them. And you know, everybody was crying and screaming, and and it was it's surreal. And I myself was was kind of getting caught up in that. I was kind of you know, getting really shaky and like, you know, just, just thinking the world could be over. And and I called my father who happened to be at work. And I said, dad, I said, could this, you know, could this, could this be it? You know, are we going to die today? And, uh, you know, or, you know, and, or is Jesus coming back? And he said, he said to me, son, what if he is, what if today is the day, you know, good. You know, that's not a bad thing. It kind of reminds me of my professor from my college days, my Christian college days. He used to say, you know, remember the worst thing that someone can do is kill you. And that's good. I mean, that's certainly not the kind of mentality that uh, we have naturally or normally, obviously. And of course, I'm not saying that we should, uh, you know, take death lightly or or, or not going to be affected by it or fear of death. But as Christians, again, how we approach these things should be different because Jesus Christ takes the sting out of death. Because we have that assurance, we can know, John says, that we have eternal life when we have Jesus Christ. And so, you know, when my father said that, it it just renewed my faith, my confidence, and it reminded me, that's right. I know Jesus Christ. He is my Lord and Savior. I know that if if this is it, if a plane's heading for me, or if there's going to be a bomb that goes off or whatever, I know I'm going to be with the Lord. To be absent from the body 
is to be with the Lord. And so that changed my outlook. And I was able to minister and share the gospel that day with more students and give out more tracts than I was able to do in the entire four years I was in high school trying to witness and share uh, my faith with others. So I will never forget that day. And it's a reminder that when the world panics, that's an opportunity for us as believers to come into that situation. And and though the world is shaken, we can remain unshaken because our lives are anchored on Jesus Christ. The rock, the fortress upon which our lives are built on is unshakable. And that's why, that's how, when everyone else is freaking out and everyone else is panicking and everyone else thinks the sky is falling and everyone else thinks the world is over, that's where we have an opportunity, like I talked about last week's episode, to come in, stand out, stick out, stand up, and share the message of hope that is available to all of us through Jesus Christ. So I pray that we don't waste this time, waste this opportunity, and give into the panic ourselves. And what's concerning is a lot of headlines, a lot of articles. Uh, and of course, you know, the media is certainly biased against uh, evangelical Christians. I, I believe that. But a lot of headlines have to do with how Christians are the most the most that are fa- scared of, you know, what's going on with the pandemic. They're the most conspiratorial in their thinking with what's going on. And, um, you know, and, and a lot of people, you know, seem to have written us off as 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 being driven by fear and as, as being easily seduced by a power if it promises us stability in the midst of that fear or, or, uh, you know, again, we as believers in Christ should not be falling for those things. We should be the ones that are standing tall and that are able to help point others who are panicking to Jesus Christ. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven, the apostle Paul writing to, under the inspiration of God, his spiritual son, his spiritual protege, Timothy encourages him in the opening lines of this letter. We call them the pastoral epistles, the pastoral letters of Paul. And he starts off by kind of encouraging Timothy, you know, to not himself as he begins his life in the ministry and serves God and and makes a difference for the Lord. It's interesting that he starts off this letter by calling out fear, by calling out timidity. And I think part of that was because Timothy felt overwhelmed, inadequate. He felt he was too young to really make a difference or a mark for Jesus. And all of us feel inadequate for different reasons to make much of a mark or difference for Jesus. And yet God says right there in this passage, some translations say, God has not given you a spirit of timidity. In other words, we are not to be characterized by shrinking back from or in, you know, scared of things. But rather, though we may be afraid, through the Lord, we can face those fears. We can face the unknown. We can face that panic. We can face that inadequacy. And the reason we can face it with power, love, and a sound mind is because Jesus Christ gives us all those things when we know him and when we have him. When we know Jesus, we have his power. His Holy Spirit comes to live and reside within us. And in the scriptures say elsewhere in Romans 8 that the the power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living within us. And so, you know, he has given us, 2 Peter 1 says, his divine power to live uh, in godliness and to do life, to face life. We face life's challenges and obstacles and temptations and pressures with the power of of God, the power that raised Jesus from the dead, his explosive 
power is residing within us. And each day, it's about whether or not we'll choose to yield to his spirit and walk in his power. Not only that, we have his power in us, but Christ, the big Christ with C that reigns over COVID or, or, any, or anything else, he is over all that. He is above all that. God has power over everything that is going on in the world. He is the one who is sovereign over all things. And he has, according to Ephesians 1, far above all rulers, all authorities, all powers. He is over uh, the pandemic. He is over whoever's in the White House. He is over whichever political party is in control of Congress. You know, he is over whoever's in the Supreme Court. He is over wherever culture goes. Ultimately, God's going to have his way in the end. And ultimately, his way is to bring about the means through which humanity can be reconciled to himself through the sharing and preaching of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ as our Savior, as our atoning sacrifice, as the one who wants a relationship with us, who gives us redemption, who gives us forgiveness, who brings about restoration, healing, freedom, wholeness, true life, all those things which we have in Jesus. And he calls us as his church to represent and be the ambassadors to share his appeal to the world that is so lost and so desperate for hope and for answers. And yes, I'll use the word certainty. There are very few things in this life that we can be certain about. And that is one of the things we can be certain about, that things are so uncertain. But if you know the Lord, then you can say, as Paul did later in the same letter to Timothy, For I know in whom I have believed, and I am fully persuaded he is able to guard what I entrust to him. We can be characterized by love because our hearts should be secure in the unfailing, unchanging, unconditional, steadfast love of God that is in Christ Jesus for us. You know, in Isaiah, God at one point says, Though the hills be shaken and the mountains be moved, yet my unfailing love for you will never be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed. You know, many times when the psalmist would wrestle with wanting to understand why God permitted some of the things that he permitted. You know, he would always resolve to himself, but yet I know that you love me and so I will trust in you. And then if you know and have been filled with the love of God, then that should serve as motivation for you and I to be able to trust and rely on his love. And finally, we can have a sound mind. We can have the mind of Christ, which is available to us as we choose to renew our minds through his presence and through his word each and every day. We are told that as we trust in him, we'll have perfect peace as our minds are stayed on the Lord. I don't know about you, but with all the the, uh, outlets of information in the air, all the ways that we are regularly bombarded with information, misinformation, with lies, heresies, temptation, the ways in which we are constantly bombarded by these things make it difficult to have the mind of Christ, make it difficult to have a mind characterized by faith and love and hope and peace and joy and all those things which are ours in Christ Jesus. And yet Paul says in Philippians that we should think on things that are lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, all those things which happen only if we are intentional about focusing our minds on Christ and not on all the mayhem, all the hype, all the hysteria, all the panic, all the conspiracies, that are all around us. It takes being intentional, but yes, in Christ, you know, we can have a sound uh, mind. Barring, of course, any other kind of challenges that you may deal with in your minds, 
which I believe God's grace and at times if needed medication and therapy and counseling are good things. I want to say that because, you know, I've dealt with mental health personally in my family and, and sometimes, you know, we forget that if you're listening and you struggle with mental health and you hear, I can have a sound mind in Christ, you struggle with, well, how come I still deal with anxiety? How come I still deal with depression? Well, you see, we don't see mental health, unfortunately, in the same lens that we see someone's physical health. And so I always am going to put that disclaimer whenever I talk about that because mental health matters and you, if you struggle with that, matter. And unfortunately, we live in a fallen, messed up world and that may be an area in which you're struggling in. But ultimately, in Christ, we are going to be healed. We are going to be made whole. And yes, part of that means we will get a sound mind. Now, in the end of the day, the biggest reason we can have confidence, we can have faith instead of having paralysis, panic, or fear is what Jesus promised us when he left his disciples. He said, I will be with you to the very end of the age. Lo, I am with you always to the very end of the age. That tells me Jesus is like, I am with you guys through to the end. He is not going to leave us. He is not going to forsake us. He is not going to abandon us. He said he's got us in his hands and no one can snatch us out of his hands. And so we can rest securely. We can have peaceful sleep tonight, no matter what's going on in our lives or in the world around us, because at the end of the day, we know who we belong to and we know who is ultimately in control. And so this was heavy on my heart to share. Again, we are called to be characterized by power, not by panic, by God's love, not by fear, by a sound mind, not by constant uh, worry or dread. And so I hope you've been encouraged with these words today. This was heavy on my heart for this episode. It came to me very suddenly, very quickly. I believe it's a due word in due time and due season. And so I just want to encourage you as I wrap up this episode, as I do at the end of every episode, Paul's words in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 through 14. May you stand firm in your faith and let everything that you do be done in love. God bless and Godspeed.